Hello friends, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptid Corner, a podcast hosted by me, Justin Crunkleton, on behalf of Tacoma Falls College Eagle Radio Team. Last time we discussed the lore and mystery behind the Mothman of West Virginia and the southeastern United States, and this time we're going to jump into another popular cryptid. Uh, Some may know it as the Rake. Others, Fleshgate, Skinwalker, Wendigo. There's a lot of confusion on this creature, but we're going to clear it up today. I will give an advisory warning that this creature is more fixated on horror than the other ones who are more fixated on uh, folklore and story. And so if you have a a tendency to be scared easily, uh, I suggest viewer discretion. Uh, but if not, <clears throat> then let's jump right into this week's topic, the Flesh Gate. Many might say, Justin, what is a Flesh Gate? Uh, you mentioned earlier skinwalkers and wendigos. Well, I've heard of those, maybe. But a Flesh Gate sounds odd. Um, <clears throat> to make the distinction clear, there... The concept of a being, a creature who can change shape and uh, mimic other things, other creatures, and maybe even people uh, with ill intent is a popular and widespread story across Northern America and the world in certain places. However, each one denotates a different region, a different culture. Um, Wendigos are described more as tall uh their their uh, wendigos are um, typically understood to be uh, shamans and evil witches who dabble in black magic to be able to change their shape uh, they feast on human flesh and they seek to cause ill will upon the world's human inhabitants uh, those are typically described as um bearing the skull of a ram or a goat or a deer even tall creatures I'm sure you've seen it in Supernatural Um, skinwalkers uh, are typically uh, just another term for the same creature that I've just mentioned Um, to say the rake is closer to what we're talking about today the rake if any of you are my age and were popular on creepypastas earlier in your life, then you would remember maybe the rake being that one very specific picture you've seen, I'm sure on the internet, uh, of the crouched, quadrupedal, humanoid, stark white skin and bright white eyes with a gaping black mouth caught by a security camera or a trail camera in the woods. And it seems to be reaching towards the camera. It's a famous photo, and it's circled around the internet forever. Um, People refer to that as the rake on the creepypasta community. And it is much like the flesh gate that we're going to be discussing today. Uh, A flesh gate is a creature that mimics the voices and appearances of people in the woods, often with the intent of luring them away to a coven to feast upon them or take their skin from them. The Fleshgate is hyper-successful in turning its skin into disguises 
of those it sees, humans it sees, and mimics. Uh, it has a wide vocal range to mimic animals as well in its woods, and its goal is to, as it is hyper-intelligent, is to learn human conversational patterns, behaviors, and to be able to best mimic human beings. Now, to say what a fleshgate looks like in its natural form, uh, they are people who have claimed to see them, uh, state that they are all extremely tall, thin, gray beings with long claws and no hair. And that their claws and hands and arms hang down below their knees. The flesh gate is described as terrifyingly disproportionate. Uh, it tries to mimic people, it tries to mimic their movements, although it typically can't ever get it quite right. They are hunched over and decrepit looking, usually in their natural form, but they can move very fast while in their quadrupedal state. Uh, but those are described that when flesh gates are disguised and mimicking people that they know, they tend to maybe shamble when they walk, or their words are stuttered and stopping constantly. Things that just throw you off a bit, that just aren't quite right. The question to ask now is, where are they spotted? Well, for the most part, reports of flesh gates are almost exclusive to sparsely populated areas near woods and national parks. The more remote the area, the more likely it is that flesh gates or something similar will exist there. They don't typically like urban areas, they don't like large amounts of people. They definitely like places where they can hide, get away, um, especially live under darkness and lure out just small groups of people, or just single people. So we know what flesh gates look like, we know what they, uh, where they typically inhabit, but where do they come from? Uh, again, no one really knows. Uh, the stories and the uh, sightings only surfaced about eight to ten years ago for the first time, and they were already surfacing only on these creepypasta storyboards and so one could assume that uh, they just simply are fabrications but people have guessed based on the uh, collections of stories uh, a good three different guesses on what they could be uh, for one people aspire that they could be cursed spirits Flushgate stories and the Wendigo stories are very similar. Now who's to say that these weren't people who did an unspeakable act that caused their humanity to be taken away, such as in the Wendigo story. People say they could be evil spirits in general. Uh, unlike with the cursed being belief, this suggests that Fleshgates are predatory forest spirits that have always harbored a hatred for humanity. Uh, the third and final option, which is what... Uh, if they were to be believed as true, is what probably we here at Cryptid Corner uh, would bank on, is that the Fleshgate is an unknown cryptid. Uh, they're definitely considered ethereal, especially when it comes to their ability to mimic people that they have never seen before, uh, but there's also a chance that they could be simply unknown cryptids. Uh, People rationalize this by saying many animals that already exist seem to have supernatural abilities or somewhat supernatural abilities, or abilities that seem far beyond our reach and understanding as humans. 
There has never been a story of a flesh gate that was not malicious. Their sole intent is to mimic, kill, and take their place to continue hunting. Uh, when they're not on the hunt, they are trying their best to strike fear into groups of prey. Now you're wondering, how exactly do they hunt? Well, Fleshgate is, again, if we are to believe this creature is small, as far as uh, thin in stature, lanky, and just quadrupedal, and it hides in the darkness and cover of the forests, we can also assume that they are lone hunters, and big groups of people with a direct on attack is not its style. The Fleshgate would rather use its hyper-intelligence to survey a group of people from afar in the forest during the cover of night. Uh, they would like to recognize the patterns in speech and movement and behavior and begin to compartmentalize all that as best they can until they are prepared to mimic. Now, um, there's also debate on whether these flesh gates, some stories involve uh, flesh gates being able to tamper with people's minds, being able to impose even memories upon people um, that weren't there before. To give an example of this, um, say you enter the woods in a, in a metaphysical sense, understand you enter a hiking trip with five people. Upon traveling throughout your journey, uh, you begin to notice there's six people, but there were always six people. Uh, you know each one of them by name, you have specific memories even with these six, but maybe one is dressed differently or acts differently. Something about him is unnerving or wrong. Upon trying, attempting to question the person, they are able to, at least in a very basic form, come up with rhetoric to defend themselves, uh, banking heavily on the imparted memories. Some stories of Fleshgates in involve these kind of powers, powers to um, influence the mind, influence the memories, even the emotions of the person uh, to help better cloak themselves within a group they are trying to overcome. The most unnerving and most common traits, however, uh, is that people will go off wandering in the night and they will hear uh, loved ones call to them in the woods. Some people will walk outside at night and whistle, um, only to hear whistling back at them, knowing very well that they're the only people in their property. Um, and if we remember from before, the more secluded and rural the area, the more likely it is for flesh gates to be there. Uh, flesh gates typically have a... They're not perfect in any of their mimicking, typically, unless I imagine if one is studied and perfected over a very long period of time. As they're said to be quick learners, they're just hard to master their craft. Um, It is said that flesh gates have uh, wide control over the woods that they inhabit, uh, being able to silence animals, which involves the uh, what some have coined the panic in the woods, 
effect where uh, the unnatural stillness and calmness you hear in the woods or I would say the absence of noise that you would hear in the woods whenever you're alone and everything just feels too calm too still no crickets chirping no owls hooting or anything some believe that that itself is a tool of the flesh gate to grow people scared grow people nervous put them on edge now as uh, further along in their tactics they will begin to uh, they will continue to toy and torment people psychologically in a group and leading them deeper and deeper into the woods until they wear them down make them exhausted enough to finally pounce upon them and be able to overtake them we can only assume after that they are consumed and perhaps their skin is used for uh, cl better cloaking themselves in the future as far as protecting yourself from the flesh gates, um, there have been some stories of people firing upon them. Uh, they seem to yelp uh, from... It's pretty common to hear from the stories that they yelp like dogs or cats when hurt. Um, however, we can't truly know if they are hurt by this or if they bleed or if they can be killed as not really any stories have emerged of people killing any one of these beings. Uh, some people, however, the spiritual and religious believe that ash can protect them. That is a uh, rather common denominator, whether putting ash on their doorway or on their foreheads. Um, speaking of such sounds, some of the sounds that the flesh gate is capable of making or is known for making, uh, the screams, low moans, dual-pitched shrieks, they're all heard prior to flesh gate sightings. It, they could be a way of communicating with one another, as sometimes it is rumors rumored that flesh gates can survive in packs or at least groups of one or more. Chittering sounds, often described like that noise from Alien, uh, the, the quick teeth chattering noise. Um, people say, and it's a common denominator in these stories, that this happens when the flesh gate is about to strike. Uh, hissing like any other typical feral animal would. Um, and as uh, intertwined again with the skinwalkers and the wendigos, whistling in the woods was always considered to be bad luck. Because if you were to whistle and hear a whistle back, knowing you were alone, that would be, a again, a very bad indication. So what should you look out for? Well, if you hear someone who's nearby calling out your name, even though it's clear that the person in question isn't calling you, Keep aware of that. It's not who you think it is. The group of friends you're with feels larger than before. Um, if you typically find an extra person around or feel like there's just one too many people, keep an eye out for that. More obviously, if you see the visage of the flesh gate or claws wrap around a tree or an inhumanly slender figure, that's a red flag in itself. Uh, reports of animals being killed in strange ways or strange disappearances nearby. Flesh gates are predatory, however they are smart enough to sacrifice a small kill for a bigger stake later. Again, referring to the panic in the woods as before, the unnatural silence. And if you are worse, if you were to be camping or interacting in the woods at night uh, or alone or, uh, or seemingly alone with a group, 
Uh, keep an eye on your friends. They begin acting very strange and don't quite sound right. Their patterns of speech seem to be unnatural and clunky. Make sure they're not having a stroke, but after that, perhaps question their humanity itself. The only thing that uh, can prevent you from Flushgates targeting you uh, would be obviously to stay out from the woods and the rural, rural areas where there aren't many people to help you. And spiritually in Southeast Asia, the Midwest, and in many parts of Africa, uh, wearing bright colors in, the wo in their woods is a definite no. Uh, this can be said to attract animals in general, but it might also be um, a way to attract evil spirits. Finally, to deliberate on its most important power, its mimicry. Some reports say that the flesh gate has a type of skin that sheds very easily and regenerates very easily. This skin morphs and changes itself to appear as clothes or as a human skin over the flesh gate's typical pale, uh, clammy skin. Some people believe that um, the flesh gate itself can simply change shape or shapeshift completely and unnaturally, uh, magically or spiritually changing its shape into whatever deems fit, um, even being able to mimic clothes and things of that nature just the same as before. There are also some who believe the flesh gate does not shapeshift whatsoever, and it simply uh, hides in the woods and uses its voice to mimic people and lure them out into the woods. And finally, there's the most gruesome uh, the most gruesome concept, which would be that the flesh gate, upon taking its victim, physically wears their skin, uh, magically constricting it to its body in a perfect way so that they can become that person and mimic them uh, to help lure in the next group of prey. So, the flesh gate definitely, compared to our other cryptids so far, does sound like something straight out of a Lovecraftian horror book. <clears throat> However, uh, the stories are fascinating and bone-chilling. And why do we read scary stories? To be scared, to be entertained. And so, as usual, we will break into the story segment with a few quick sightings um, of these flesh gates uh, to try to get you some, quote, first-hand experiences on the monster. One eyewitness reports seeing a lanky, tall figure creeping throughout the woods, almost like a broken birch tree, the way it shambled and made, seemed to be made of sticks, straight lines. That was until <clears throat> its head turned towards me, shaped as a teardrop, maw widening, its teensy black eyes dilating making a clicking, awful popping sound as its jaws dislocated. The clicking of its teeth were grotesque, bone-chilling. We had heard the yelps of dogs or coyotes or so we thought, chasing us throughout the woods, pursuing us as if waiting on us to give up but 
this thing had decided to make its move first. I thought I had lost my sister Sarah when hiking through the woods one evening. <clears throat> we were doing a family get-together. Uh, luckily she showed back up uh, towards the end. Um, we laughed, said she had uh, been off exploring a bit more in the woods. Um, said she had tripped and hurt her ankle, and so she was going to have to drag it a bit as we walked. She told me that up front, which, you know, I was just glad she was safe. <clears throat> it wasn't until I asked her of something that had happened two or three years ago, a birthday party whenever she had <laughs> tipped, ruined most of the event, that she cocked her head to the side, not sure of how to respond, saying she didn't quite remember what I was speaking of. No big deal. She doesn't like to own up to what she does anyway. And it wasn't until later, or our parents' first names were brought up, that she acted unaware, belligerent of what was going on, what the facts were. It's got weirder and weirder until I realized her backpack wasn't on her back anymore. When did she lose a shoe? These things were beginning to grow all too weird. The next morning, she was gone, and we had only found a pile of skin of what remained. We never found my sisters, the rest of my sister, only what that thing had left behind. Walking around the ranch at night, it's pretty calm, pretty soothing even. Coyotes can howl off in the distance and do their thing. Uh, and on hundreds of acres where you're the only person living there is quite peaceful. No roads around, no highways, only one driveway all the way to your ranch, uh, to your ranch home. Nice and secluded, just how I like it. That is, until I whistled one night and heard whistling back. That is, until I heard after the whistling and cry that was so unusual to these parts and so uncommon to be out in the middle of the ranch, it should have never have been there. Uh, help me. Uh, help me. What was wrong with the way they were saying it? It was uncanny dreadful. Something about it put a rock in my gut. Hello? Who's there? I asked. Uh, help me, please? Help me, please? Something wasn't right. Someone was playing a joke on me. And that someone was going to... Well, reap what they sowed when I found them. As I got closer out into the woods, I began to call out more often, or I began to uh, call out more. All right, all right. 
Whoever's out there, if you're playing a trick, just cut it now. Save your time. And I won't come out any farther in the woods looking for you. Please come. Please come. Please come. If why is it every time I heard this noise, my bones would chill, my skin would tingle, every hair on my body would rise, made me sick. The way canto of its voice, something in me naturally wanted to avoid it. I ran back to the house, remembering what my grandfather told me about the flesh gates and skinwalkers. How they could mimic other people's voices to lure you out into the woods at night, alone. Knowing I didn't have my weapon on me, I figured tonight wasn't the night to play God. And from now on, I don't travel my property without headlights, a weapon, and a calm mind. This episode has been focused more around a creature of horror, and I would definitely lean more towards a creature of fiction. Um, I, as the host of Cryptic Corner, doubt very seriously that these truly exist. However, if they were to exist, they would truly be fearsome creatures that I believe do not deserve pursuing if they did, it would be pursuing only to hunt and destroy. Um, these things seem to be purely evil. Uh, and not so evil as maybe this is what they do to survive, but they seem malicious and cruel in their methods of keeping themselves alive. I'm sure I could find someone to argue that the flesh gate is only doing what it knows how to do to survive. But, nonetheless, humans will do what they have to do to survive as well. But, I want none of my listeners to go to bed frightened more than one night at least. We're always wanting a scare in here and there, but um, if you feel the need to look out your window or question your friends next time you go out in the woods, uh, if you turn their back on them for a second, at least just make sure to ask them questions that they would know. This has been a delightful time on Cryptid Corner, and this is one of my favorite cryptids to date. I've um, been studying them for a long time, and uh, I've enjoyed many stories over the years of their you all for joining me on this episode of cryptid corner be sure to tune in next time for a new uh, topic of cryptid creature folklore or horror story this is your host justin crunkleton signing off and on behalf of Tacoa falls college eagle radio station thank you